You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. All right, let's get into it. I love preaching. I hope you like listening to preaching as much as I like preaching. We have an important journey to take. Uh, We're going to take a round trip through Scripture. We're going to start point one, then go to point two, point three, come back to point two, and then back to point one. And by the time we get back to where we began, here's my objective. I, I really hope that by the end of it, we have decided to clean up our lives. And not just clean up our lives a little bit, but clean up our lives a lot. With everything that's going on right now, what a perfect backdrop, seeing what's happening in Israel, seeing what's happening in our country. What a a perfect time for you to see in your own life. If, If God were to come back in a week and you knew that he was going to come back in a week, how would you live this next week? What would you watch throughout this next week? Would you watch anything throughout this next week? And my argument is, no, I wouldn't watch that if I knew that God was coming back next week. Then why are you watching it now? Because you are not guaranteed tomorrow the trump could sound at any moment and you could go. And what I want to bring out through scripture is why, son, sit up, sit up. If you're going to come to church, you're going to focus in on me. If you're going to go to a theater, you're going to be glued to that screen. You're going to be glued in on me. I know I'm very ugly, but that's fine. You can pay attention right here. These movies are like three hours long. You haven't even given me 45 seconds, and you're looking up at the ceiling. There's 287 ceiling tiles. Trust me, I've, I've counted them already. No, I haven't, and don't you be doing that either. Don't get mad that I got on that little that young man. A, a teacher isn't going to put up with that in school. I'm not going to put up with that in church. It's fine. If you wouldn't listen to it, if you knew that God was coming back in a week, why, would you, why are you listening to it now? Yep. Do you realize that the Lord can come back at any moment? And that means he could come back while you're cussing a blue streak. Right. Is that how you want to stand before the Lord? Just right about to let one fly, and boom, you are right there in front of the Lord, right in the middle of a tirade. Oh, the Lord has a sense of humor. He can definitely do it. I I am trying to tell you as your pastor, we need to clean up. We need to clean up. There are plenty of other churches that you can go to, and they're going to let you live however you want to live. That is not how the Bible says that that we should be approaching, especially not church. We need to clean up our music. We need to clean up our dress. We need to clean up our speech. We need to clean up our thoughts. I don't care that nobody else knows what's going on in there. We need to clean that up. We need to clean up our homes. We need to, we need to can, can we just put it this way? We need to live holy lives. Holiness, you don't hear a lot about that anymore. The word holy is, is a deeper meaning than just clean. It's, it's deeper than just right. It means this, to be set apart for a sacred use. Set apart for a sacred use. Now we're going to start in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and then we're going to go to 2 Timothy chapter 2, and then we're going to go to Matthew chapter 5, 
And then after we do that, we're going to make a stop back to 2 Timothy chapter 2. By the end of the message, we're going to be back in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. But I, I hope that you see this round trip by the end of it. I hope that you have determined in your mind, I'm going to live a cleaner life this week. I'm going to go home and I'm going to clean that up. I'm going to clean that up. There's a word that we're going to run into in scripture. It's this word, purge. There's two different ways that you can take that word purge. John chapter 15 talks about every branch that bringeth forth fruit, he purgeth it. Remember? So talking about a branch, to purge in that sense means to cut away, to cut it out. I hope that you go home and say, I'm going to cut that out. I'm going to cut that out. I used to say that, I'm going to cut that out. I used to think that, I'm going to cut that out. I used to watch that, I'm going to cut that out. It also means something else. It's talking about fire. It's talking to burn thoroughly, putting metal in a furnace so that you purge away what doesn't need to be there. Purge away the dross. Purge away the imperfections. If you do not go home this afternoon with the determination, i got to cut some things out. I need to burn some things. You have not paid attention to Scripture. Or I have just miserably failed you. We're going to start in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, go to 2 Timothy chapter 2, and then end as far as our reading is concerned in Matthew chapter 5. There's a lot of reading, and you're standing up, and you're very kind to do that, but it's okay. You can stretch your legs just a little bit. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, look in verse 3. If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Bible term. Here is somebody who is lost. You don't know where you came from. You don't know why you're here, and you don't know where you're going. You're lost. You don't understand that God made you and that God has you here in this service for a purpose because he wants you to have an expected end. We talked to so many people yesterday. Do you know for sure you're going to heaven? Oh, I hope so. Oh, I think so. Oh, I wish so. You're lost. You don't know where you're going. You don't know where you came from. You don't know why you're here. And if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world, little g or big g, I point this out every time. So who is the God of this world, the Lord or Satan? Satan. Satan has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest, unless, the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts, so we're not blinded anymore, we have the light, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Don't worry, I'll explain these as we go, okay? What do we learn from these different things as we go? But right now, we're just going to get all of them out of the way. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Second Timothy chapter 2. Now, listen to a familiar word. These are connected by a familiar word. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 7 says this. But we have this treasure, being the gospel, we have the gospel in earthen what? Vessels. Now look at what 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20 says. In a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. 
If a man therefore purge himself from these, now we got to go to context to see what these is talking about. It's talking about vain and idle arguments. It's talking about iniquity and it's, it's talking about sin. Okay. If a man therefore purge himself from sin, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, prepared unto every good work. Unto every what? Good work. Unto every what? Good work. That's going to come up again. So we have vessels in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We also have vessels in 2 Timothy chapter 2. And now we have this good work. Sanctified and meet for the master's use, prepared unto every good work. Notice this. Flee also youthful lusts, follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Matthew chapter 5. Look in verse 13. Matthew 5.13 says this. Ye, and he's talking to believers. He's talking to people who are born again, saved. He's not talking to religious people. He's not talking to people who are baptized as a baby. He's not talking to people who are members of a church. Ye, he's talking to believers. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt hath lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Let me read that verse again, and I'm going to replace the pronouns with, with the, the subject, okay, so that you can follow along. Ye are the salt of the earth. If the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall the earth be salted? The salt is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Let's give another analogy. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Calling back, right? Calling back. Remember that in 2 Timothy chapter 2, prepared unto every good work. And now we have this. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. There's another spot not very far from this in John's gospel where he says there's only one way to glorify the Father and that is a soul being saved. Okay, let's try to put it all together. Heavenly Father, Help me, and you are gonna, I am going to need your Holy Spirit. If you do not work, this is all going to fall flat. Please save souls, change lives, and let us live holy in your eyes. We ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. All right. I'm going to give you the entire message now, and then I'm going to take the rest of the time to tell you what I said at the beginning, okay? God wants to use you. I get that from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Because he says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. I have put my gospel into you. So that you could keep it or so that you could share it? So that you could share it. You are a vessel carrying a treasure of the gospel. 2 Timothy chapter 2 tells me, but wait a second, there's a way where God can't use you. You have to be right with him 
in order to be used. And if you are wrong, if the salt of the earth has lost its savor, or if the light of the world is hidden under a bushel of sin, go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, if our gospel be hid, who is it hidden to? It is hidden to them that are lost, the people that need it the most. So, follow along with me what I learn. First of all, here's what I learned from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. God wants to use you to share his gospel. I do not care what you have done. I don't care what you've gone through. I don't care what has happened to you. Do you realize that you are here because God wants to use you? Now, do not tell me that God cannot use you because of what you're involved in or because of what you've been through or because of what has happened to you. We'll get there in a little bit. There is a reason why God can't use you, but don't tell me that God doesn't have a future for you because you have a past. Everybody here has a past. Brother John, were you always in church? Were you always right with God? Was there a time when you drank? Was there a time when you were messed up in things you shouldn't have been messed up in? And yet here you are. And And if anybody would have looked at him, they would have said, wow, what a good Christian man. You have absolutely no idea Look at that man's, this man's future does not match up with his past. But it's because he came into contact with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So do not tell me that God can't use you. Where's my dad? Where's my dad? Dad, I'm going to embarrass you. Are you ready? Dad, were you always in church? No. Was there a time when you drank? Was there a time when you did drugs? Was there a time when you fought and you spat and you chewed and you ran with those that do? And yet here he is. He's in a suit and a tie. Looks like a handsome guy. I get my looks from somewhere. <laughs> and you would never know. You would ne- He's a sweet Christian man. So don't tell me, well, you don't know what's happened to me. I don't know what happened to you, and I don't need to know what happened to you. Here's what I do know. The very reason that you hear shows me that God still wants to use you, if you would let him use you. Now, what, what to, to do what? Well, if you look back, he, think of the verses that we read. He wants you to shine. He wants you to shine. He wants you to preach Christ Jesus the Lord. We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. That's what he wants you to do. He wants you to be the salt of the earth. He wants you to be the light of the world. And he wants you to let your light shine to the world. God wants to use you. Here's what else I know. The devil wants the exact opposite. That's redundant. The devil wants the opposite. Can't have an opposite without it being exact. The devil wants the opposite. He wants the gospel to proceed no further. He wants to keep the gospel from going into your heart. If he can't keep the gospel from going into your heart, he's going to keep that gospel in your vessel, hidden under a bushel, or a salt that has lost its savor. That's what he wants. And he does that in two different ways. And I learned this from the scripture. Way number one is he blinds the minds of unbelievers. Now, you just think for a second at some of the things that people believe in this world. The Bible says that the mystery of iniquity doth already work. You ever watch Scooby-Doo? A mystery is something that you do not understand. I do not understand what some people believe in this world. 
I tell them that there is a Savior, the very Son of God, who came down and died for your sins because he loved you, and people won't believe it. But then they go to another church that teaches them, oh, you know that your cousin is in hell? Give more money to the church and we'll pray him out. And they buy it. They buy it. Where in the world are they getting off believing that? I'll tell you this. The God of this world has blind their, blinded their minds. You have, you have the Mormon church who tells you, if you are going to find favor in God's eyes, it is only as far as you earn it with him. You need to do this. You need to do this. You need to wear special underwear. You need to, it's, it's insane. And people, okay. Folks, they're blind. They're absolutely blind. Get baptized as a baby. That's nowhere. Uh, I've harped on that a lot today. Maybe somebody needs to hear it. Where is that in scripture? And, okay, here's what the Bible says. For by grace are ye saved through faith. Not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. That's what the Bible says. How is a baby going to understand that? A baby doesn't know what sin is. A baby doesn't know what faith is. A baby can't even spell the word faith. A lot of adults in this room can't even spell the word faith. How is someone going to put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ when they don't even know what faith is? They don't know what trust is. They don't know what sin is. But yet people believe the, the largest Christian denomination teaches, mom and dad, if you just baptize your baby, that baby's going to go to heaven. Where does that make sense? Think about it. Think about it. Where does that make sense? How about this one? Many people celebrate Good Friday, right? This is just, this is just an example. Good Friday. Good Friday. Why do they celebrate Good Friday? Well, that's when Jesus died. How many days and nights was Jesus in the tomb? Three. Three. And when did Jesus resurrect? Sunday. Sunday. Everybody knows that, right? Okay, you fit three days and three nights from Friday to Sunday. <laughs> Folks, you don't even have to be Asian to work that one out. <laughs> But people don't think. Common sense isn't. People don't think. They just buy it hook, line, and sinker because the, because the God of this world has blinded their minds. Because the truth of the matter is, if he can't get you on the street doing drugs, he'll happily have you in the pew believing lies. So how does the devil try to keep the gospel from going forward? First of all, he blinds the minds of unbelievers. Second of all, he attacks believers. He attacks believers. Footages. <laughs> he attacks believers, and, and we, list, we heard this last week. How does he do that? He troubles them on every side. He perplexes them. He persecutes them. And when he can, he gets his hands on them, and he even casts them down. And he does it for a purpose, and it's very effective. It is very effective. His attacks on believers gets them to the point where they say this all the time. God could never use someone like me. I'm so unworthy. That's the message of this, of this series. Remember, unworthy. The first one was, yes, you are unworthy, but you're not unwanted. Last week was, yes, you are unworthy, but you're not undone. You have been cast down, and yet you're not destroyed. You have been perplexed, and yet you're not in despair. You have been persecuted, and yet you're not forsaken. You have been troubled on every side, and yet you're not distressed. Why? Why? It's because God is protecting you for a purpose. 
But the devil is very good at attacking. He's very good at blinding unbelievers, and he's very good at attacking believers to the point where you think this, why would God allow an earthen vessel like me to carry such a treasure like the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ? And the answer is right there in the verse. The, why does God use unworthy people? That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Remember, if somebody has the best painting supplies, the best canvases, the best brushes in the world, and he paints a masterpiece, you're going to think, well, he had the best supplies. But if somebody takes a really junky brush and really junky paint and still paints a masterpiece, you know what you're going to say? What a brush. No. What paint? No. Man, what an artist. What an artist that can take something so mean and so defiled and make something beautiful. And what a God who can take somebody so unworthy, so perplexed, so troubled, so persecuted, and so cast down, and yet still use that person to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. The reason why God uses unworthy people is so that when God uses us, people aren't looking and saying, wow, what a man. But they're saying, man, what a God we serve. There is a purpose to it. Now, just because you are unworthy, the argument that I'm making in this series, yes, you are unworthy, but that doesn't mean that God doesn't want to use you. He wants nothing more than to use you. Your unworthiness does not disqualify you from being used. But there is something. There is something that no matter how much God wants to use you, he won't be able to. There is something that will disqualify you. And here's what the devil says it is. Your unworthiness will disqualify you from being used of the Lord. I hope I've refuted that by scripture already. Here's what God says. Your unholiness will disqualify you. The devil says it's being unworthy. The Lord says it's being unholy. And I want you to wrap your mind around this real quick. The devil will never say the other, and the Lord will never say the other. The devil will always say it's being unworthy that, mean, that will make the Lord not being able to use you. The devil will never say being unholy will stop the Lord from using you. He'll never say that. And God, though he says being unholy will sideline you, I won't be able to use you, he will never say being unworthy is why I can't use you. But if the devil can't convince you that being unworthy disqualifies you, if he can't convince you of that, he'll convince you of this, that being unholy doesn't mean anything to God. Just live however you want to live and he can use you anyway. But 2 Timothy chapter 2 makes it clear, doesn't it? If a man purge himself, that's a big if. If a man purge himself, if a lady purge himself, if a person keeps themselves clean, then they will be sanctified and meet for the master's use. If a person follows after righteousness, charity, and peace, and there, there's another one in there, faith, then you will be sanctified and meet for the master's use. So here's what I've learned so far. God wants to use you to share his gospel. The devil wants the exact opposite. And both of them are fighting for their objective. Number three, what I learned from 2 Timothy chapter 2, is God 
always wants to use unworthy vessels. He never can use unholy vessels. He always wants to use unworthy vessels. He never can use unholy vessels. Now, here's the problem. It happens so easily. It is so easy to let pride in. It is so easy to let pride in, and God looks at you and says, I can't use that. I can't use that. Well, what's the big deal with pride? We all have pride. Pride made the devil the devil, people. And it is so easy, isn't it? How about this one? Let's, let's bring it close to home. It is so easy to curse, whether out loud or inside when you're angry. Is it not? Come on, don't act all pious with me. Don't, no. I, I'm sure in your mind you say, you know, oh, stink. You're such a liar. It is so easy to curse when we're angry. When you stub your toe, what do you, what do you say? Oh, pickles. <laughs> oh, pickles. No, it's not what you say. It's so easy when somebody cuts you off just to, it's so easy to gossip when you're bored. Got nothing else to talk about. And my life is too boring, so let's talk about somebody else's. It is so easy to visit that website when you're lonely. You know, church, it used to be if you wanted to see that stuff, you had to embarrass yourself. You had to walk into a place like that. You had to go up to the magazine rack and you had to buy it. Now it's right in your pocket. And it's all anonymous. And it's so easy to go to that website when you're lonely. It is so easy to compromise at work when you're afraid. Knowing that if you take a stand, you might lose your job, it's easy just to go with the flow, isn't it? It is easy to neglect obedience. It's easy to wake up and say, I'm running out of time, I can't read my Bible today. Do you realize that neglect of right is just as bad as accepting wrong? It's easy not to pray. It's easy to get bitter when you've been hurt. It's easy to steal when you're broke. It's easy to hate when you're attacked. It's easy to lower your standards when everybody else is doing it. It's easy to drink when you're upset. I grew up with a kid in church. And he called me one day in college. He's in Bible college. His girlfriend breaks up with him. Saw that coming a long, a long way before. His girlfriend breaks up with him. My friend in Bible college calls me wasted. I just couldn't help it. I grabbed two bottles of Jack and I downed him. It's easy to do that when you're upset. It's easy to smoke when you're addicted. Easy to shoot up when you see no other way. It's easy to think whatever you want to think when you believe nobody else sees it. This is an empire of perfect freedom. Let me get real with you. Right in here, you can kill anyone you, kill anyone you want. You can undress anyone you want. You can sleep with anyone you want. You can do whatever you want. 
and you think you're getting away with it. But it's unholy living. But it's easy to do. It's easy to be unholy. It is not our nature, is it, to follow after righteousness. It's not our nature to follow after faith. It's not our nature to follow after charity and to follow after peace. It's our nature to follow our heart. And you know it. And the Bible says our heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. I took a walk yesterday. It's been so long. After I chopped my foot with an axe, I wasn't able to walk. And I went on a walk. Good, I think a good five-mile walk yesterday. And I didn't take one thing into account. Mosquitoes. <laughs> and I started getting swarmed by those things. And church, you should have seen. I probably looked like an idiot. I probably looked like I was doing the Macarena all the way down there. <laughs> but I became the mosquito terminator. And I didn't even have my chopsticks. <laughs> you should have seen me just boo, boo, boo. They were dropping all Whoa! Now, you would think that these mosquitoes start telling themselves over the radio, like, we, we've got a pretty violent person here. Let's leave him alone. <laughs> he seems to have some hand-eye coordination. Let's move on to somebody else. But they kept coming, and they kept coming, and they kept coming. You know why? They're desperate. They're desperate. They've got to have blood. And they are willing to put themselves at risk in order to get it. Your heart is desperately wicked. I've got to have it. I've got to watch it. I've got to say it. And I'm willing to put myself at risk in order to do that. That's called being desperate. And that is how the Bible describes your heart that is natural to follow. Our nature demands unholiness, and it often gets what it wants. And here's the attitude that I am going to load up my Bible shotgun and blast out of the sky as long as the Bible, as long as God gives me breath in my body. Here's, here is the attitude nowadays, even in church. What's the big deal? What's the big deal? I, 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 yeah, I cuss every now and then. Yeah, I watch it every now and then, but only when I'm lonely. Yeah, I do that, but only because I was victimized as a kid. Yeah, I do that, but only because they did it, and blah, 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 and we're pointing everybody else. Woo! That was close. I almost fell on my face. What's the big deal? It's not so bad. And here's the problem. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Here's the problem in churches. We have stopped making it our objective to be good, and we've made it our objective to be not so bad. When you have a heart problem, and you go to a surgeon, and everybody starts telling you, hey, you're going to love this surgeon. He's not so bad. <laughs> Do you go to restaurants that are not so bad? Do you trust your kid to a babysitter whose reviews are all two out of five? Not so bad babysitter. 
Yeah, every now and then I come down and they're smoking pot, but, every, but, you know, but beyond that, they're, they're not so bad. I ain't trusting my kids to that. And you are going to live your life as a not-so-bad Christian. Here's the problem. When you do that, and you can, no matter how much God wants to use you, he can't. If you will carry a holy message, you must be a holy messenger. Now, here's where the devil comes in, and he tries to convince you that being unholy, being an unholy Christian, is not a bad thing. But the truth is, an unholy Sunday school teacher is just as unusable as a murderer in God's eyes. And un, if, maybe he can't get you to be all the way out in the depths of sin, but if he can get you to be an unholy usher, he'll be happy. If he can get you to be an unholy church member, he'll be happy. Because the devil knows if the salt has lost its savor, it's good for nothing. He knows that even if you have the light, but he can hide it under a bushel of sin, you will be good for nothing. If the salt has lots of savor, sir, if you've lost your testimony at work, good luck shedding the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ at work. You tell me, does anything turn away a lost person more than a hypocrite? How many people have you heard, I would go to church, but... I know a bunch of Christians who burn me. People expect sin from sinners. People expect the world to live like the world. But when somebody comes in Christian garb and still talks the way that the world talks and acts the way that the world acts and speaks the way that the world speaks, they think, what in the world is that about? And if the salt has lost its savor, God said, cast it away. It's good for nothing. And if you have the light of the world in you, but you do not let that light shine through your good works. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. That light is hidden, and it's hidden from the people who need it the most. Church, listen. He wants to use you, but not with that unholy mouth. He wants to use you, but not with those unholy shows. Nope, nope, nope. You are not going to be able to go to work tomorrow and talk about Game of Thrones and then talk about the gospel at the same time. Everyone knows who Taylor Swift is, right? Very popular young lady. She, she just went to, I think, the Oracle Arena in California and sold it out 70,000 people each night. And she went to this church called uh, Elevation Church on Easter, of course. And she posts on her Instagram right before that she's watching Game of Thrones and playing a Game of Thrones board game right before she goes to church. Do you know what Game of Thrones is? It's, it's, there's nudity. There's pornography in it. Oh, pastor, not a big deal. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. 
That's Christianity today. And she's going to get up and she's going to sing about the Lord and thank the Lord for all that he's given her while she's watching pornography right before she goes to church. Listen, if that's what Christianity is, I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want anything to do with it. If, if church, the way we see it today is rock music this and rock music that and dress like the world and act like the world, live however you want Monday through Saturday, but once you come on Sunday, get your dose of Jesus for the week, I want nothing to do with it. I want to be clean. I want to be right because that is the only way we can be used. He wants to use you. Not with those podcasts you're listening to. Not when they're cussing every other... Church, that's unholy. It's unholy. Not when you're reading those unholy books. Not when you're going to those unholy places. Not when you're thinking those unholy thoughts. And not while you're committing those unholy actions. He wants to use you, but he can't. I can't use that. Think about Lot. Lot had the message of judgment, and he had the message of salvation. But because he lived an unholy life, his own family looked back at him and said, we're not listening one bit to you. Church, if you're going to make a difference in the world, you've got to be different from the world. And it's so easy just to fall into a life of unholiness and think that everything's fine. But it's not. The reason America is going to hell is because we are not holy. And God wants to use an unworthy person all day. He can't use an unholy person for a moment. And if the salt of the earth loses its savor, you know what salt does? Purifies things. It preserves things. And you are the salt of the earth at your workplace. And if you are going to lose your testimony, who else is going to purify and preserve your workplace? Who else is going to do it? You are the light of the world at your workplace, in your home. And if you're going to hide it under a bushel of sin, who else is going to bring light to the lost? Because if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them and they're lost. Lest the light shines to them. Here's the next thing that I learned. Though it is natural to be unholy, it's possible to be holy. It's possible. If a man purge himself. Once again, what does that word purge mean? Cut it out. Cut it out. Just as you choose to say it, you can choose to not say it. Just as you choose to watch it, you can choose to not watch it. Just as you choose to go there, you can choose not to go there. Romans chapter 6 says the same members of your body that you used to serve sin before you were saved, now why don't you use them to serve the Lord? The same hands that brought the cigarette to your mouth can give a track to somebody else. The same feet that used to take you to the bars can take you to church. The same heart that used to devise wicked imaginations can be changed to love people 
and to love the Lord. The same eyes that used to watch filth can now look on scripture. The same mind that used to memorize all the stats for football and baseball and hockey and all those different things, you can start memorizing scripture. If a man purge himself from these, promise, you will be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, prepared unto every good work. Flee youthful lusts, follow faith, righteousness, charity, peace. With them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart, go to church, be around other people who, who fight for the same things and think the same things and believe the same things. And God says, I can use that. Only then will the lost see your good works and think of the power of holiness. Salt is a powerful thing. Light is a powerful thing. If you are right with the Lord, you can be the catalyst that brings the gospel to your workplace. You can bring, you could be the, the conduit that brings the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ to your family. I'm done. But before I'm done, there's something we need to talk about. Because a lot of you may say, Pastor, I try. I try to be holy, but it just doesn't work. Do you know where you've got to start if you're ever going to hope to be holy? You've got to have this person within you called the Holy Ghost. And that is the issue. A lot of people live unholy lives because they're not saved. You're not born again. You do not have the, you do not have the light yourself. I'm trying to shine. You don't have the light yourself. You need to examine yourself. Do I even have it? Because if you don't have the Holy Ghost within you, no hope to be holy. No hope to be holy. If you do not have that voice within you that says, don't you say that. Don't you say that. Some of you have gotten saved recently, haven't you? And you go to say the things that you used to say, and now suddenly there's a, uh-uh, don't you, mm-mm, mm-mm. And you're thinking, who in the world? No, you're, you're, not, you're not hearing it, you know, audibly. Thou shalt not. <laughs> Or, or here's a lot of what happens. You say it, and then so, oh. Oh, man. I, I, I remember leading a drunk to the Lord five years ago, around this time of the year, five years ago, and I led him to the Lord, and he has a beer in his hand while I led him to the Lord. And he put it on the trash can, and he, he bows his head, and he asks Jesus to save him. And while we're talking, we're talking about church. He, doesn't, he didn't live in the area. He's like, I can't visit your church, but I'd like to find one. I got his number. I sent him to church. As far as I know, he's still in church. He's talking to me, and then suddenly he goes, and he looks at that bottle. I can't do that anymore, can I? I'm like, No. And threw it away. I said, you have more inside, don't you? Yeah. Just spent a lot of money on it, too. I said, throw it away. 
went inside, came out, case, case, expensive stuff. It looked expensive. <laughs> Poured it all out. Where two hours before, he never would have thought of that. If you're ever going to live holy, you must be born again. And if you're constantly struggling with living holy, you need to examine yourself. You don't have what I have. Listen, I'm not saying that I'm perfect. But when I do wrong, I know it. He doesn't let me sleep. He doesn't let me move forward. Because there's a Holy Spirit within you that is grieved when you do what's wrong. Now, here's the great thing. You are one prayer away from getting right with God. Because, point number one, he wants to use you. He wants to use you. And you should see what he can do when he cleans up a dirty life. We have Sunday school teachers at this church who used to be drunkards. And because the Lord cleaned up their life, now they're able to help other people who are struggling with drinking and say, hey, here's how God brought me through. We have people sitting in this church right now, clean, sober, who used to be deeply addicted to drugs. And yet God is using them. They're very unworthy, but not unholy, not unwanted, and not undone. My friend, if you're, if you're not saved, you need to be saved today. You need to come to Christ today. You need to give him your life. And you need to let him clean it up, and he will. He is an incredible surgeon. He's an incredible physician, an incredible artist that can use even the junkiest brushes to paint a masterpiece, if you would just let him do it. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.